Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 9th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the year by teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. We covered every miracle that Jesus performed in the New Testament while he was on the earth, and we did that. It took us about five months. And now we are already, uh, what is this, in week seven of the series on the parables of Jesus, and I'm just on the first parable. So I, I, I know I need to move on. We're going to get to the other parables as well. But this parable, I call it the mother of all parables, is the parable of the sower. We've been walking our way through it. We're almost done with it. The title of today's message is, You Are in the Minority. I want you to know that as a believer, put in the chat, I am in the minority and I'm okay with it. As a believer, if you are going to walk with God, live by faith, be led by the Holy Spirit, stand on the word of God, I want you to know that you're going to be in the minority and you have to be okay with that. So listen, get ready to receive what God is about to say. It's going to be so encouraging to you. You can be in the minority and you can be okay. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word for, for this morning. Listen, um, I shared something yesterday in, in the video version that I want to start with that today. But before we get into it, uh, let me just share scripture. Psalms 126 and verse 4 is a scripture that at our church we've been looking at all year. We've been meditating on it all year long. And so I want to keep getting it through your ear gate so it can get down in your heart. The Bible says in Psalms 126 and verse 4 from the Passion Translation, Now, Lord do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I'm not going to allow any area of my life to go dry. If something in my life does dry up, then I'm going to go to God and God is going to give me a fresh outpour of the Holy Spirit, a fresh and filling. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. Say amen to that. All right, so here we go with the parable again. So Mark chapter, you're like, Rick, again? Yes, again. Don't act like you got it. Don't act like you know everything about this. Listen, there's levels and levels of revelation from the word of God. We can keep coming back to this thing every day and we're going to get more insight. But anyway, we're going to keep going. Mark chapter four, beginning at verse 13, this is what Jesus said in the explanation of the parable to his disciples because they didn't understand it. He said, okay, well, that, like the farmer, you know, there was a, let me explain. The farmer takes the word and, and the word is the seed and the farmer is God and, and the soil is people. And sometimes when the farmer throws the seed out, it falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but they don't understand it because their understanding is, is unfruitful. They're susceptible to Satan. Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like the seed that's planted on the rocky ground. These are the people that hear the teaching, but they don't like at first, they quickly and gladly accept it. They say amen in church but they don't allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. And as a result, because they're giving God surface level Christianity, as soon as trouble comes and persecution comes because of the word that they receive, they're quick to give up. Other people are like seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the teaching, but they've allowed their lives to become full of other things. They really don't have time for God and the things of God. So they go to church because they want to check the block, but they've got way too much stuff going on. Jesus said, it's the kids of this world, the love of money and everything else they want. Those things are like weeds and choke out the word. But then again, some people are good ground. Say good ground. Put in the chat, I am good ground. So what happens with the good ground? Well, the good ground produces a harvest. And then sometimes it's like a 30-fold return. Sometimes it's like a 60-fold return. And sometimes it's like a 100-fold return. And so there's varying levels of degrees 
of harvest and you and I put in the chat, I want a hundred. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm believing God for a hundred fold return. So what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you this morning. And this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions, lock in. Now I'm gonna start teaching y'all. Y'all ready? Number one, here we go. I'm gonna try to contain myself. I said that yesterday too, but I, I really need to teach this. So I'm gonna try to not get too excited. Number one, when you live by faith, in earnest, you are in the minority. If you're going to live by faith, for real, for real, you are in the minority and you got to be okay with that. Put in the chat. It's okay. I am in the minority. I'm, I'm okay with it. Put, put in the chat. I live by faith, right? So if I'm living by faith, which means I'm only going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God for me, I'm going to be in the minority. So I said something in the video version of yesterday's message in this version. I didn't say it in the written version. But, I, uh, but in the written version today, I needed to follow up and like add to it. So I said this. Basically, let me further elaborate. As believers, you and I are believers, who are committed to walking with God, living by faith, believers who are surrendered to God, believers who are dying to self, yielding to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, meditating and medicating on God's word day and night, I want you to know that if you live that way, you are in the minority. You're in the minority for several reasons. Let me just let me just uh, like zoom out for a minute. So, like as a believer, you're in the church. You're you're part of a family of believers, and inside of the church realm, inside of the kingdom, there's like thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold, right? Return. I'll talk about that in a minute. But if we zoom out a little bit further, let's just talk about the world for a minute. You're in the minority from the world. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, in verses thirteen and fourteen, Jesus said this. You can enter true life only through the narrow gate. The gate to hell is very wide. Now, I know that people don't like talking about hell today, but it's in the Bible, y'all. So Jesus said, the gate to hell is very wide, and there is plenty of room on the road that leads there, and many people go that way. Many people are going to hell, but the gate that opens to the true life, oh, it's a narrow gate. And the road that leaves there is hard to follow. And only a few people find it. So first of all, right off the bat, before we get into the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, let's just say that you and I that believe in Jesus, we're in the minority, right? Jesus said that, right? So from his own lips, he said that there's a lot of people. He said, the number of people going to hell, massive. The number of people going to heaven, small. This didn't come from me. This came from Jesus. So, so right off the bat, you and I, we're in the minority. So say we're in the minority. You got to be. So, so what we need to do, though, is go preach the gospel so we can get the lost saved. So you should have a heart for the lost. We need to preach the gospel for the lost, right? They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, let's get past that for a minute. Now, on the people that do name the name of Jesus, for those who are listening to God, for those who are paying attention to his word, Jesus then paints a picture in this parable of four types of soil, right? And so these are like four groups of people. The first group of people hear the word of God, but they don't understand it. So Satan comes, snatches away the word, and the word doesn't produce, okay? The second group of people hear the word of God, and they don't hold on to it. They don't allow it to go deep. So as soon as the pressure is on, they give up. The word doesn't produce. The third group of people hear the word of God, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. So the word doesn't produce. <laughs> so like 
out of the four types of soil, Jesus is saying three out of the four, the word is not working. The word is not producing in their lives. So you had the, the, the wide gate and the narrow gate. So that's the first cut. And now within the body of Christ, he's saying that there's some people that go to church to hear the word and it doesn't work for them because of these things, right? So they, they, they don't understand it. They don't hold on to it. They're quick to give up. They have allowed their lives to become full of other things. They have competing priorities, all of that. So now, so now if you're one of the good ground people, say I'm good ground, dude, you're in the minority. Like, I mean, like, think about that for a minute. If you are way over here in good ground, you're in the minority. And then even then, like now that you're like, okay, I am one of the good ground people. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to receive the word. I'm going to let it produce a harvest. Even then... There's levels of harvest. So now if you're in the good ground, which is already a minority, then inside of the good ground, there's 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And so if you're like, I'm one of those 100-fold people that I'm going to stand in faith without wavering, without a doubt, I'm going to hold on till I see what God said, and I will not settle for anything less, you are really in the minority. So I said all that to say that, listen, if you're dedicated to God, you're committed to his word, you're actively living by faith, you are in the minority. You're watching today's word. Why? because you know that you're in the minority. You are a part of a group of people that are committed to living by faith. You are part of a group of people that are committed to living by God's word and being led by the Holy Spirit. Just know that people who don't live the way that you live, they will criticize what they don't understand. And you got to be okay. You got to understand that that's just part of the package. That's just part of the world. You cannot look for validation from people who don't understand the way that you live. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Jesus, uh, uh, Paul said, the Holy Spirit through Paul said, that there are people that don't have the Spirit of God. And the people without the Spirit of God, the things that we do, being led by the Holy Spirit, is foolishness to them. So you can't, he said, those without the Spirit cannot understand or comprehend or receive the things of the Spirit of God, neither can they know them, and this is foolishness to them. So why would you seek validation from somebody who doesn't understand how you live? So, so don't expect the world to validate you because you're receiving from the Holy Spirit and they're not, and you're not, you're, you're living in two realms. Jesus had run-ins with people all the time where he was living by the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, and he was running uh, into people all the time that were religious. And these were people that were supposed to know God, but they didn't. And he had issues with them all the time. In John chapter eight and verse 44, once again, not my words, Jesus's words, Jesus is talking to some people. He's telling them, hey, listen, if you continue in my word, you're going to know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Some of the people in that crowd came up against Jesus. And he said this, this is why you're coming up against me. John 8 and 44. He said, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was like, your father and my father not the same father. The reason why we have issues, the reason why you don't believe me is because you belong to your father, the devil. I know this, like Jesus talked like that. Yeah, Jesus talked like that. He said the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, the devil is speaking his native language for he is a, a liar 
and the father of lies. He's saying that when he lies, he's speaking his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. He says the devil is a liar and he's the father of lies and that's your daddy. The reason why you're coming up against me is because my daddy and your daddy are not the same daddy. So you got to understand that, listen, you cannot seek validation from people who don't believe what you believe, who are not submitted to what you're submitted to. You cannot. It's not going to work. Realize that you are in the minority and you got to be okay with that. Realize that you are part of a small group of people who are committed to living every day by the word of God, every day being led by the Holy Spirit, every day. I just want to do what God tells me to do. You will be misunderstood. You will be criticized. You will be misunderstood and criticized by the world. And you're even going to be misunderstood and criticized by the people who are in the church, but part of the first three grounds. So if you're that good ground over here, especially part of the good ground that's committed to a hundredfold, then the people that are in the wayside soil, they're going to criticize you because they don't even understand what God said to them, right? <laughs> if you have people over here in the rocky ground, they're going to criticize you because they don't hold on to the word long enough. The people that are in the uh, uh, the, the thorny ground, they're going to criticize you because they're focused on other things. And so they're in the church criticizing you. So you're going to get criticism from the world because their daddy, your daddy ain't the same daddy. You're going to get criticism from people who are in the church. Why? Because you're committed to the hundredfold and they're not. And so you're going to be misunderstood. Even the people that are okay with 30-fold, even the people that are okay with 60-fold, if you're one of those people be like, nope, I'm going to hold on till I get a hundredfold, they're going to look at you and say, it don't take all that. They're going to look at you and say, you know what? It don't take all that. Like, you know, yeah, she's a little bit different. He's a little bit eccentric. It really don't take all. I go to church. I go to church every Sunday, but it don't take all that. You know what I'm saying? And so, no, see, they, you got, you got to be okay with being part of the minority. Say, I'm okay with it. You cannot be moved by people. You must only be moved by God. <laughs> You're going to be in the minority, but you got to be okay with it. You got it? You got it? All right. Number two, I'm trying, I'm trying to just teach this thing the way God gave it me. You can be good ground and still miss out on God's best. All right, let me explain. Let me explain. You could be good ground and still miss out on God's best. There was good ground, but some people only got 30-fold. There was good ground, some people only got 60-fold. So I've already covered how the first three types of soil that got zero harvest, zero return, right? So I've already covered that. So God's word was sown down into their heart and it didn't produce a harvest. It was like a wasted investment. It was like God's grace towards them was in vain. It didn't produce anything. Say this, say God's grace towards me shall not be in vain. Put in the chat, it will not be in vain, all right? So God is looking for a return on the investment that he's making into our lives. But so some people open their hearts to believe, but as soon as their situation starts turning, now let's talk about good ground for people for a minute. Some people set their faith in agreement with you and they say, I'm gonna believe God. God said this to me and I believe it. And as soon as their situation starts turning, not for the worse, but for the better, as soon as their situation starts turning towards God and it looks like it's working, they get excited over the initial blessing. Put in the chat, I will not settle for the initial blessing. They get excited over the initial blessing and they get so excited that they settle and they take part of the blessing they, they settle it right there in their hearts and they move on to the next thing. They disengage their faith. To me, that's the people that, that get a 30-fold return. That's the people that got a little bit of what God said. And as soon as they got a little bit, they're like, oh my God, that was good. And they move their hearts on to the next thing. No, I'm going to keep believing. I'm a, God, I thank you. This is good. But that's not everything you said. 
And so I want you to do what you said you was going to do in my life. Other people are like the 64. What's the 64? These are the people that get, uh, uh, it starts working for them and they start holding on for a while. But as soon as the blessing starts working, because the blessing is going to work if you just don't give up, as soon as the blessing starts working, they get blessed, but they have like a poverty mentality or they have like a victim mentality. So then it's almost like guilt kicks in and go, wow. God is being so good to me. And God said, I want to do this. But once they get like this much, they go, wow, this is better than, my life is already better than anything I ever imagined. Oh God, this is so good. Oh, that's enough. That's that's enough. No, did God tell you it was enough? God wasn't done. But you say, oh, that's enough because you are settling for less than God's best because you want to be, this is like a religious spirit. Oh, that's enough for me. Like, you know, I just want to be humble. Like, God, I, I don't know. I want everything God wants for me because I'm so, I'm going to stand before God one day. I'm going to stand before God one day and God is going to want to know, did you do what I, did you do what I sent you to this planet to do, son? Or did you settle for less because you was trying to be religious saying, oh, that's good enough for me? No, stop trying to be religious. Just do what I tell you to do. No matter how big it is, no matter how many people has to impact, no matter how much blessing is going to cause you to walk in. I want, listen, like some people say, oh, if this is already more than I deserve, so that's enough, God. No, no, no. Don't tell, don't, don't stop. Don't disengage your faith until God says it's over. It's not over. Put in the chat. It's not over until God says it's over. For those of us that are pursuing a hundredfold, which is symbolic of the fullness of what God said, we will remain in faith. We will keep our faith switch in the on position. We will keep saying what God said until we see the fullness of what God said. We Listen, we're, we're going we're gonna to stand in faith without wavering. We will not settle for anything less. We appreciate the journey, but we will never be satisfied until everything that God said comes to pass. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11 from the Amplified, the Bible says, it's not part of my notes. I'm going to just slide it in for free. Uh, the Bible says, God has placed eternity in men's hearts and in men's minds. And when God does, he takes something from eternity and places it in your heart and in your mind in time. And when he does this, it becomes an eternally and divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun, but God alone can satisfy. Let me translate that for you. God will put some stuff in your heart. And once you see it, once you believe it, once you go to your prayer closet and you can see yourself doing that, running that business or operating in that level or graduating from that school or whatever, whatever it is that God put in your heart, you will never be satisfied until you become what you saw. You will never be satisfied. If you live by faith, you will never be satisfied until you until that vision becomes a reality. And until, until everybody else sees what you've already seen in your heart, you will never be satisfied. Let me tell you something. I'm just going to use my life as an example. I'm blessed beyond, listen, Isabella and I are already living way beyond anything that we ever imagined. Anything that we ever dreamed growing up, we already exceeded all of that. Yesterday, Isabella and her team, well, they went to a, a nursing home. They went to a, um, a homeless shelter and they took food and they were praying over people and they were releasing the blessing. And as Isabella was taking her friends different places, she took them to where she grew up. And she grew up in a little shack, a shack that the size of my kitchen with nine people in it. So listen, we've already exceeded anything that we ever imagined. We've, we're already living a life that we never thought we would ever live growing up. So will I be okay with that? No. Why can't I be okay with that? Because God has revealed to me more. God is like, hey, son, I need you to do this. Hey, son, I need you to do that. I can't say to God, no, this is enough for me. Oh, God, stop, 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 stop. No. 
That would be 34. No, that would be 64. I'm like, no, God, I need 104. I want everything that you, all I want is what you want. All I want is, and it's not about me. It's not about stuff. I don't even care about stuff no more. I've already bought everything I ever wanted to buy. I've already, this is why my wife, my family has a hard time buying me stuff because I don't want nothing. I've already driven every car I ever wanted to drive. I don't care about that stuff no more. I just want to be, God, what do you want? And whatever you want is what I want. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And I cannot stop. Why? Because there's air still in my lungs. Why? Because there's blood still flowing through my veins. And so that means that God is not through with me. The day that I'm done, I'll go. I'll give up the ghost and I'll get out of here. But if I'm still here, that means that God is not through with me. Look at me. If you're still here, that means that God is not through with you. If there's air still flowing through your lungs, if there's blood still flowing through your veins, doggone it, God is not through with you. Do not settle for anything less than what God said. You, you cannot settle. Stop just lowering your expectation because you're looking at yourself instead of looking at God. Ooh, I said I wasn't going to preach, but now I'm getting excited. All right, number three, last point for today. Your capacity to believe God will either release God to move or it will keep God from moving in your life. So let me talk about this as I close. The parable of the sower is a parable of faith. If you want a hundredfold return on every word that God has spoken over your life, then you got to believe what he said. You got to believe what he said, that then you have to stand in faith without wavering, without a doubt for it to come to pass. The seed in the parable is the word of God. Jesus referred to this as the most important parable because I believe that the word of God is of utter importance in our lives. Jesus said in Matthew chapter four and verse four, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Another translation says, it's not just bread that keeps people alive. Their lives depend on what God says. Put in the chat, my life depends on what God says to me. My life is depending on every word that I hear from God. So what is God saying to you? in this season. All things are possible to him that believes, Mark 9 and 23. So good or bad, you will experience only what God is releasing to you and what you're believing. And you're only limited by your capacity to believe God. God is a God of no limits. When, when God speaks something to you, if you see yourself limited in any way, these are limits that you place there. God didn't place those limits there because God is a God of no limits. So you, if you have placed artificial limits on your limitless God, this is a time for you to remove every limit. If you can't believe it, you will never receive it. If you can't see it, you can't have it. But this is your time to see it. Listen, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you listen to me every day, your faith is going to be built up. Your faith is going to be edified. Your faith is going to be stirred up. You're going to believe God without faith. You're, you're going to be in faith without a doubt, without wavering. You're going you're to feel like you could leap a tall building with a single bound. You're going to feel like you can outrun a locomotive. You're going you're gonna to be like, oh my God, why? Why? What is happening to you when you listen to, to today's word? It's the word of God is going down inside of you and the word of God is stirring you up. And so, so now the word of God is getting you to stop thinking about yourself. It's not about you. It's not about your humanity. It's not about your ability. It's not about your resume. When God, when God gives you a dream, he's not giving you the dream so that you could go, then go check your resume. Oh God, can I do it? Listen, if God says you can do it, you can do it. It has nothing to do with your resume. It has nothing to do with your past performance. It has everything to do with his grace. It is his power, his anointing, his favor, his, his grace that's on you. You got to live like Jesus lived. Je Jesus said in John 14 and 10, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. It's the father who lives in me. He gives me the words. He performs the work. There's nothing I can't do because there's nothing he can't do. So wherever he tells me to go, I'll go. Whatever he tells me to do, I'll do. And I'm not going to settle for anything less because my life is not about me. My life is all about him. Say amen to that. My God, I felt like preaching today. All right, so listen. 
I said a lot, and I'm going to stop there. And I'm, tomorrow, I'm probably going to flow in the same vein. But I hope that you're enjoying this series. If you're enjoying this series, put some stuff in the chat so I can read it. Listen, you got to get this down in your heart. It's not about you. Stop settling. Stop settling. You, you are in the minority, and you got to be okay with it. You cannot be moved by people. You can only be moved by God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and, and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare that I unashamedly stand in the minority, committed to living by faith. I embrace the narrow path that leads to life. I understand that my validation comes from you, Father, and not from this world. I am resolute in pursuing the fullness of your promises. I refuse to settle for anything less than your best. My belief in you aligns with your grace in and on my life. I break free from self-imposed limits and I trust in your limitless power. I live my life off of your life-giving words, knowing that all things are possible for me. I surrender my understanding to your limitless potential. I devote my life to you every moment of every day and living this way I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew, this is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, you get my notes for free. Why would you not sign up and get the notes for free? Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes for free in your email inbox. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. I want you to know that you're in the minority. You got to be okay with that. So leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you, and then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. Have a blessed day. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.